You're listening to ReachMD. This industry feature is sponsored by Janssen Infectious Diseases, the marketer and distributor of Simtuza, Darunavir, Cobisistat, Emtricitabine, and Tenofovir Alafenamide, tablets for oral use. See the full prescribing information, including boxed warning for Simtuza, at www.simtuzahcp.com. The following program is intended for U.S. healthcare professionals only and is not certified for continuing medical education. Your host today is Dr. Jennifer Caudill, and your guest is Dr. Modi Ramgapal, who is a paid consultant for Janssen Therapeutics, a division of Janssen Products, LP. Beginning treatment immediately after an HIV-1 diagnosis can come with a variety of benefits, and thanks to recent advancements, there are now therapeutic options available that can be prescribed to newly diagnosed patients, even if you don't have their resistance testing records. This is ReachMD, and I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Caudill. Joining me today is Dr. Moti Ramgapal, an infectious disease specialist in Fort Pierce, Florida, who's been in practice for more than 20 years. Together, we'll discuss the single tablet regimen, Simtuza, and its clinical trial results in rapid initiation for treating newly diagnosed HIV-1 patients prior to resistance testing records being available. Dr. Moti Rangapal, thanks so much for being here today. Of course. Thank you for having me. Of course. Uh, so we, before we, we dive into our discussion, let's review the indications for Simtuza along with the box warning. So Simtuza is a single tablet regimen. It's indicated for the treatment of HIV-1 infection in adults who have no prior antiretroviral treatment history or who are virologically suppressed on a stable antiretroviral regimen for at least six months and have no known substitutions associated with resistance to duronavir or tenofovir. The boxed warning for Simtuza is regarding severe acute exacerbations of hepatitis B that have been reported in patients who are co-infected with HIV-1 and hepatitis B and have discontinued products containing emtricitabine and or tenofovir dysoproxyl fumarate and may occur with discontinuation of symptoms. It's important to closely monitor hepatic function with both clinical and laboratory follow-up for at least several months. These are in patients who are co-infected with HIV-1 and Hep B virus and discontinue symptoms. If appropriate, anti-hepatitis B therapy may be warranted. In addition, symptoms is contraindicated with certain medications due to the potential for serious and our life-threatening events, or the loss of therapeutic effect and possible development of drug resistance. It's important to consult the full prescribing information at www.simtuza.com for potentially serious drug interactions prior to and during Simtuza therapy. So, great. And, and thanks for breaking that down for us, Dr. Ramgapal. Now, as a physician who's been treating patients living with HIV-1 for over 20 years, I imagine you've seen a great deal of change in the way HIV is diagnosed and treated. With that in mind, what can you tell us about the diagnostic and treatment goals that exist today for HIV? Well, well despite the gains made in HIV care over the last few decades, there's still a lot of work to be done. The work to be done as it relates to treatment of patients with HIV-1. You know, the United Nations actually has a goal to end the AIDS epidemic by 2030, known as the 1990 treatment goal, meaning that by 2020, 
90% of patients with HIV will be diagnosed, 90% will be receiving ARV therapy, and 90% of patients in treatment will be biologically suppressed. Achieving the 90-90-90 goal is important because it may not only end the AIDS epidemic by 2030, it will also generate profound health and economic benefits. So with the 90-90-90 treatment goal in mind, what would you say needs to be done in order to have that become a reality, in particular with patients receiving ARV therapy? Well, as providers, one thing we need to do is minimize the time it takes between HIV-1 diagnosis and the start of therapy for newly diagnosed patients. This is where rapid initiation comes in, which is a model of care that involves starting ARV therapy before baseline laboratory and resistance tests are available or come back. The benefits of engaging and rapidly treating people who are newly diagnosed with HIV may include increased rates of biologic suppression and retention in care, as well as decreased time to achieve biologic suppression and decreased morbidity and mortality. Patients deserve to have the option of taking control of the HIV as early as possible. And the good news is that rapid initiation models of care are quickly gaining traction. You know, that's really great to hear, Dr. Ram Gopal. You know, how do you decide what ARV to start in patients you want to rapidly initiate on therapy? Dr. Caudill, in my practice, I often rapidly initiate clinically appropriate patients whom I have diagnosed with HIV-1. Sintuza is also the only evidence-based single tablet regimen recommended by the BHHS guideline for rapid initiation. It is studied in the phase three clinical trial for rapid initiation called the DIAMOND study. So for patients I rapidly initiate on therapy, I often prescribe Sintuza. Excellent. We are back with ReachMD, and I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Caudill. And today I'm speaking with Dr. Moti Ramgopal about Simtuza and its role in rapid initiation for treating newly diagnosed HIV-1 patients. Simtuza is indicated as a complete regimen for the treatment of human immunodeficiency virus type 1, or HIV-1, infection in adults, who have no prior antiretroviral treatment history or who are virologically suppressed, HIV-1 RNA less than 50 copies per milliliter, on a stable antiretroviral regimen for at least six months, and have no known substitutions associated with resistance to darunavir or tenofovir. Important safety information. Boxed warning. Post-treatment acute exacerbation of hepatitis B. Severe acute exacerbations of hepatitis B, or HBV, have been reported in patients who are co-infected with HIV-1 and HBV and have discontinued products containing emtricitabine and or tenofovir disaproxyl fumarate, or TDF, and may occur with discontinuation of Simtuza. Action. Monitor hepatic function with both clinical and laboratory follow-up for at least several months in patients who are co-infected with HIV-1 and HBV and discontinue Simtuza. If appropriate, anti-hepatitis B therapy may be warranted. So, Dr. Ramgopal, you just mentioned Simtuza is the only STR to have been studied in a phase three clinical trial for rapid initiation. So let's talk about that in more detail. First, what can you tell us about how this study was designed? So the DIAMOND trial was a phase three, open-label, single-arm, multi-center, prospective trial that, that evaluated the efficacy and safety of Simtuza over 48 weeks in patients, and at 96, who were rapidly initiated in treatment. Diamond was not a registrational trial. The patients in the trial were treated naive adults diagnosed with HIV who were then treated with Simtuza 
over 48 weeks. Resistance testing were available after initiation of treatment. The study looked at a proportion of patients with viral loads less than 50 copies per millimeter at week 48. Another interesting key endpoint of this study was to assess patient reported outcomes by using a validated instrument called the HIV Treatment Satisfaction Questionnaire Status, or HIV TSQS. As baseline labs became available, results were assessed against predefined safety or resistance stopping rules to determine if patients should remain in treatment. For example, these include parameters around renal function, hepatic function, or certain HIV drug resistance patterns. For the safety stopping rules, there were three patients who discontinued treatment due to pre-existing lab abnormalities prior to starting Simtusa. For the resistance stopping rules, there were no patients who discontinued treatment in this study. You know, thanks for sharing this, Dr. Ramgopal. Uh, you know, let's get started by discussing the patient satisfaction endpoint you just mentioned. What can you tell us about the patient satisfaction outcomes seen with Simtuza? Well, patient reported outcomes of treatment satisfaction were evaluated using the HIV treatment satisfaction questionnaire, or as I mentioned before, HIV TSQS. The HIV TSQS is a validated 10-item patient reported questionnaire that measures patient satisfaction with antiretroviral treatment. Each question is scored on a six-point scale, where a score of six indicates high favorability, and a score of zero indicates low favorability. Responses to all questions are then added up to give one total treatment satisfaction score, and that can range from zero to 60. In the Diamond study, patient satisfaction is evaluated at weeks four, 24, and 48. 96 patients who were rapidly initiated in treatment of symptoms completed the HIV TSQS at week 48. Overall, high treatment satisfaction scores were reported with a mean score of 58 out of 60 at week 48. At week 48, 97% of patients who rapidly initiated symptoms reported they were satisfied with their treatment, which is in response to the following question on the questionnaire. How satisfied are you with your current treatment? We're satisfied equated to those patients who responded with a score of five or six. Patients who scored a five or six on individual satisfaction items from the 10-item HIV TSQ ranged from 87.5% to 99% of the 48. Patient reported outcome data in rapid initiation scenarios are limited. The results from the HIV TSQS provide patient perspective with respect to the level of treatment satisfaction. It's very interesting. You know, it's nice to hear that different endpoints are being included in evaluating newer ARV therapies. When treating patients, tolerability tends to be another key factor for providers in deciding which ARV may be appropriate for patients. So what can you tell us about the tolerability profile for Simtuza seen within this study? And also, what can you tell us about your own experiences? Thank you for that question. In the Diamond trial, less than 1% of patients discontinued trials due to adverse events over the 48 weeks. There were also no discontinuation due to diarrhea, CNS, renal, or bone adverse events. The most common adverse drug reaction that were seen in the Diamond trial, which occurred in 2% or more patients at any grade level, were diarrhea, nausea, rash, vomiting, and fatigue. Most adverse events involving treatment of Simtuza were mild to moderate in severity, meaning grades 1 to 2. 
In another phase three registrational study in treatment naive patients, the most common adverse drug reactions were diarrhea, rash, nausea, fatigue, headache, abdominal discomfort, and flatulence. This is not a complete list of all adverse reactions reported with the use of Simtuzin. You can refer to the full prescriber information for a complete list of adverse drug reactions. This is a tolerability profile that has worked well for me in my practice. But of course, healthcare professionals should refer to the full prescribed information for a complete list of adverse drug reactions to see if they have the same comfort level with this as I do. You know, patients, of course, want a medication that can help them obtain virologic suppression and get to an undetectable level. So what can you tell us about the efficacy of Sintuza seen in this study? Thank you. Absolutely. In an intent-to-treat analysis of the 109 patients in the study, 84% patients achieved an undetectable viral load at week 48, with viral load being defined as less than 50 copies per milliliter. Of that, 8% of patients experienced virologic failure, meaning that they had an HIV RNA greater than 50 copies per mil in the window at the time of discontinuation, and another 7% of patients had no viral, viral load data. If you exclude the 13 patients with missing data, 96% of the remaining patients achieved an undetectable viral load of week 48. No patients discontinued due to lack of efficacy of protocol-defined biologic failure. Dr. Ramgapal, let's now talk about resistance and the importance of a high genetic barrier when you think about different treatment options. Is Simtuza unique? Well, yes. Simtuza is the only SDR containing the protective barrier of the Ronavir. In the Diamond study, there was zero treatment emerging mutations in rapid initiation. In the AMBER trial, there were 362 treatment naive patients taking Simtuza. Only one patient receiving Simtuza was found to have M184IOV. And this was in a patient who had evidence of this mutation prior to starting Simtuza. The protective barrier of Duranavir is supported with over 5,500 patients treated with Duranavir in 14 clinical trials with long-term data up to 192 weeks. Interesting. You know, finally, Dr. Ramkapal, my last question to you is, do you have any other takeaway thoughts for our listeners today? Yes, I think it's important to individualize treatment for your patients. For a patient I'm looking to rapidly initiate an ARV, Simtuza is an option based on efficacy and tolerability profile and the patient reported outcomes seen in the Diamond study. Also, the fact that the DHHS guidelines recommend Simtuza as an option for patients in rapid initiation scenarios make it a strong part of my consideration set when treating patients with HIV. I have years of experience with Duranavir and Simtuza, and Simtuza is the only STR that has the same barrier to resistance as other DRV Duranavir-containing regimens that I've offered to my patients previously. Based on all this information, I feel very comfortable prescribing Simtuza for patients in rapid initiation scenarios. Now, in addition to the box warning and contraindications, let's learn more important safety information for Simtuza. Contraindications. Do not co-administer Simtuza and the following drugs due to the potential for serious and or life-threatening events or loss of therapeutic effect. Alfuzosin, carbamazepine, cisapride, colchicine in patients with renal and or hepatic impairment. Dronetarone, elbasavir and or grazapavir. Ergot derivatives, such as dihydroergotamine, ergotamine, methylergonavine, evabridine, lamatopide, lovastatin, lorazidone, oral midazolam, 
nalexagol, phenobarbital, phenytoin, pimazide, renolazine, rifampin, St. John's wort or hypericum perforatum, sildenafil for pulmonary arterial hypertension, simvastatin, and triazolam. Warnings and precautions, hepatotoxicity, drug-induced hepatitis, for example, acute hepatitis, Cytolytic hepatitis, and cases of liver injury, including some fatalities, have been reported in patients receiving darunavir, a component of Simtuza. Patients with pre-existing liver dysfunction, including chronic active hepatitis B or C, have an increased risk for liver function abnormalities, including severe hepatic adverse reactions. Action. Monitor liver function prior to initiating and during therapy, especially in patients with underlying chronic hepatitis, cirrhosis, or in patients who have pretreatment elevations of transaminases. Patients with evidence of new or worsening liver function should consider discontinuing Simtuza. Simtuza is not recommended in patients with severe hepatic impairment, child pew class C. Severe skin reactions. In patients receiving darunavir, a component of Simtuza, severe skin reactions may occur, including Stevens-Johnson syndrome, toxic epidermal necrolysis, drug rash with eosinophilia and systemic symptoms, or DRESS, and acute generalized exanthematous pustulosis. These include conditions accompanied by fever and or elevations of transaminases. Action. Discontinue Simtuza immediately if signs or symptoms of severe skin reactions develop. These can include, but are not limited to, severe rash or rash accompanied with fever, general malaise, fatigue, muscle or joint aches, blisters, oral lesions, conjunctivitis, hepatitis, and or eosinophilia. Risk of serious adverse reactions or loss of virologic response due to drug interactions. Consult the full prescribing information prior to and during treatment for potential drug interactions. Immune reconstitution syndrome. Patients receiving Simtuza may develop new onset or exacerbations of immune reconstitution syndrome. New onset or worsening renal impairment. Renal impairment, including cases of acute renal failure and Fanconi syndrome, has been reported with the use of tenofovir prodrugs. In clinical trials of Simtuza, there were no cases of proximal renal tubulopathy, including Fanconi syndrome, reported in the Simtuza group through week 48. Simtuza is not recommended in patients with creatinine clearance below 30 milliliters per minute. Patients taking tenofovir prodrugs who have impaired renal function and those taking nephrotoxic agents, including non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, are at increased risk of developing renal-related adverse reactions. Action. Prior to initiating or during treatment, on a clinically appropriate schedule, monitor serum creatinine, estimated creatinine clearance, urine glucose, and urine protein in all patients. In patients with chronic kidney disease, also assess serum phosphorus. Discontinue Simtuza in patients who develop clinically significant decreases in renal function or evidence of Fanconi syndrome. Patients who experience a confirmed increase in serum creatinine of greater than 0.4 mg per deciliter should be closely monitored for renal safety. Sulfa allergy. Darunavir contains a sulfonamide moiety. The incidence and severity of rash were similar in subjects with or without a history of sulfonamide allergy. Action. Monitor patients with a known sulfonamide allergy. Lactic acidosis and or severe hepatomegaly with steatosis. Lactic acidosis and severe hepatomegaly with steatosis, including fatal cases, have been reported with the use of nucleoside analogs, including emtricitabine, a component of Simtuza, 
and tenofovir disaproxyl fumarate, or TDF, another prodrug of tenofovir, alone or in combination with other antiretrovirals. Action. Discontinue Simtuza in any patient who develops clinical or laboratory findings suggestive of lactic acidosis or pronounced hepatotoxicity. Diabetes mellitus and or hyperglycemia. New onset or exacerbations of pre-existing diabetes mellitus and hyperglycemia have been reported in patients receiving protease inhibitors. Action. Initiation or dose adjustments of insulin or oral hypoglycemic agents may be required. Fat redistribution, redistribution and or accumulation of body fat have been observed in patients receiving antiretroviral therapy. Hemophilia. Patients with hemophilia may develop an increase in bleeding events. Adverse reactions. The most common clinical adverse reactions, all grades, occurring in at least 2% of treatment-naive patients were diarrhea, rash, nausea, fatigue, headache, abdominal discomfort, and flatulence. Rash includes pooled reported terms, dermatitis, dermatitis allergic, erythema, photosensitivity reaction, rash, rash generalized, rash macular, rash maculopapular, rash morbilliform, rash pruritic, toxic skin eruption, and urticaria. Grade 2 to 4 laboratory abnormalities have been reported in patients receiving Simtuza, including elevations in serum creatinine, liver function tests, triglycerides, total cholesterol, low-density lipoproteins, and glucose levels. This is not a complete list of all adverse reactions reported with the use of Simtuza. Please refer to the full prescribing information for a complete list of adverse drug reactions. Use in specific populations. Pregnancy. Simtuza is not recommended for use during pregnancy and should not be initiated in pregnant individuals because of substantially lower exposures of darunavir and cobisostat during pregnancy. Lactation. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention recommends that HIV-infected mothers in the United States not breastfeed their infants to avoid risking postnatal transmission of HIV-1 infection. Consult the full prescribing information for Simtuza for additional information on the uses in specific populations. Please visit www.simtuzahcp.com for full prescribing information, including boxed warning for Simtuza. Well, that's a great way to round out today's discussion. And I'd like to thank my guest, Dr. Moti Ramgapal, for helping us better understand the value of rapid initiation and how Simtuza is a treatment option for rapid initiation. Dr. Moti Ramgapal, it was great speaking with you today. Dr. Carl, it's my pleasure. And thank you for having me. This program was sponsored by Janssen Therapeutics, division of Janssen Products, LP. If you missed any part of this discussion, visit ReachMD.com slash HIV Health. This is ReachMD. Be part of the knowledge.